EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher or listen online at lifewaypastors.com. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. All right, and welcome to another episode of EST, the weekly podcast for Established Church by Established Church Pastors. We're so excited that you have joined with us today, making us a part of your week. I am in particularly excited, as most of our listeners will be as well, because I am joined today by a faithful longtime co-host, Micah and Sam. How's it going today? Sam, he just called us faithful and longtime. And if I remember correctly... (laughs) We've definitely not been the first one lately. There's been a lot of guests uh, guests on here besides you and me lately. Yeah, they were good guests too. They were and, great uh, guests. Yeah, we got a lot. Of, oh, those were great episodes. Yeah, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the conversations. Sam, how are how's Florida doing? How are you doing in Florida? Uh, well, we are we are finally getting back into the swing of things. So yeah, it's been a long couple three weeks after Hurricane Irma. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, uh, we sustained some damage here in Bradenton. Uh, the town needed a little cleanup, so we went out there and helped clean it up. And, you know, uh, all in all, things are okay. Church sustained some damage. My home sustained some damage. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Puerto Rico, and you're like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be fine. Well, we, um, we just spent the weekend going down to the Houston area and um, did a little bit of cleanup down there as well. There's still quite a bit of damage down there like a lot a lot of damage but you know um we'll we'll make way and so i just want to encourage everybody to support relief efforts in florida and texas and puerto rico and just this is a great kind of thing we've been reminding our people that every dollar you give all year long all the time a portion of that goes to disaster relief so it's a great thing to kind of remind your people if that's the way that your church is set up I imagine, Sam, by way of segue, I imagine that, you know, a hurricane can mess up your schedule. Did it kind of yeah. uh, throw some kinks just, in there? Just a little bit. Yeah, it it uh, it threw a lot of kinks into our systems. We didn't even meet for almost two wow. weeks. That's amazing. Yeah, that is incredible. Yeah. I think so. It, uh, it it messed up a lot of things. I think a lot of churches would struggle to even keep the doors open if they didn't meet that long. Mm-hmm. Like just taking in offerings and and gathering together. Oh, it it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, not everyone catches up, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll we'll continue to pray for you. But we're going to talk today about calendaring and, and kind of setting out your schedules. We get this quite a bit, and I'm sure. In particular, I would think of you, Micah. You're preaching all over the all over the place, all the time. You're preaching several services just there at Brainerd in Chattanooga. Uh, we we get asked, how do we keep all of this in balance? How do we get this all scheduled down? And so I thought what we would, could do today, or you know, y'all y'all brought this up, is let's talk a little bit about scheduling out your months and scheduling out, you know, the the greater scheme and how you keep a control of that. Um, Micah, let's start with you. Just why don't you start by sharing a little bit about how crazy your schedule is, just <laughs> all of that. 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, the schedule has been is crazy. Has been. I've been at Brainerd about fifteen months now, and I mean, if, forget traveling and speaking that sort of thing. Just my schedule at Brainerd is is busy. I I went back about a month ago, and I looked at every month since I've been here, and I've averaged twenty two meetings a week for fourteen months straight now. And so, my goodness, yeah. I mean, that's just normal. For, for me, um, and, and I don't mind, I'm a little bit of a dork, or maybe a lot of a dork for some of you who know me well. <laughs> a little bit. I, I like meetings, and so I don't mind, and I'm a pretty hands-on pastor, and my door is open all the time, so I'm with people. It's very, very rare. I'm in my office right now with the door closed, and that's a rarity. Um, so I do a lot of meetings, and, and that's okay, and then when you add speaking engagements on top of that, usually we try and do um, an average of one out-of-town speaking engagement per month is, is what I try and average. There, there's sometimes when I don't have any in a month, and sometimes I might have two or three, but we try and keep that pattern up. But And then lately we've had some international stuff that has clouded it. I just got back from South Asia t- about 10 days in uh, two different countries in South Asia, and next month I'm going to North Africa. for That one's actually going to be a really fast trip. I will leave here, I will land, and I'll have about 48 hours in country, and then I'll turn around and come right back home. Uh, so that one's going to be kind of a really quick condensed trip. But, I mean, all that means that it's just a lot of travel. And, and if I don't schedule, and so I told you guys before the meeting, if I don't schedule maniacally, things don't happen. And mm-hmm. so my assistant told me the other day that, you know, if you want to have lunch or, or have a meeting, I'm usually about four to six weeks out to be able to schedule a lunch or a meeting. And that's Mm -hmm. why, you know, a lot of folks try and do stuff spur of the moment. I I just can't do that. There's no way for me to do that. And I, um, I maintain probably a heavier schedule than a lot of people, but I, for one, I tend to process multiple things well at a time. And two, I just figure, um, I want to take advantage of the opportunities the Lord's put in front of me. So I, I keep a pretty heavy schedule. There was a time when it was more heavy. There was a time when it was about three months out before you could get a meeting, three to four months. And we, we had to trim that back. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's just the way we the way we schedule it um yeah we could i mean that's that's incredible we could talk we could shift this conversation i think a little bit to like the overall scheduling of a church you know talking about events and how busy you keep the church calendar but let's you know let's stay kind of where we are sam what's your schedule look like in i don't know a month three months how's that look for you I just sit around all day long waiting on the beach for us to record podcasts. On the beach. Yeah, I just go to the beach. That's all I do. We all want to be Sam. Just go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so my schedule is um, is a little tight. I, I'm not quite as busy as Micah, but, you know, I, I stay pretty busy. I try to uh, first plan the ri- – uh, you plan the rhythms of the church first, mm-hmm. right? So – you know, we're thinking 18 months right. out at the church, typically. And then from that, I schedule my vacations and, and different things that I know I'm going to be doing, you know, out there in the distance. Um, now, I think when most people think scheduling and calendaring, they think week-to-week stuff. But you'll never do the week-to-week stuff well unless you think further out. I mean, you just you just have to. So, you know, I, I, I the only way I'm able to do a vacation is if I plan it a year out simply because I know when the Southern Baptist Convention falls in the summer and when the VBS falls and all that stuff. But on a week to week basis, uh, with Micah, you know, I'm, I'm about two weeks out, two to three weeks out, you know, as far as a meeting with me. Now, if it's an emergency, you know, everything drops and I 
got to handle an emergency. But um, I get up early, um, early for me. I shouldn't say that. Uh, so for some people, they would say it's late. I, you know, I get up about six, and I, I got some outside stuff that I do, businesses and things, and I typically do that from about six to seven. I get in my devotional time as well, and then I come into church, and uh, church stuff typically starts about eight, eight thirty. Um, I'll do one or two breakfasts a week with people, and then one or two lunches as well. Um, so I'm constantly meeting with people in the church. You can't lead them unless you know them, and they certainly won't let you lead them unless they trust you. Yeah. And the only way that's going to happen is to meet with people. Sounds good. So most of my time actually throughout the week is spent with, with people. Um, my evenings are spent on emails. Mondays are pretty sacred because that's when I do my sermon preparation. Uh, and then Tuesdays is with the staff. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, I've got things I'm sprinkling sprinkling in there along with uh, along with people. But I'm not sprinkling people. I, I don't particularly hold to that particular view. This whole factor. this whole conversation, there's just this underlying theme that has started before we started recording and I can't I can't really think of much else besides this preacher off in the desert. My my schedule is a little bit well, a lot bit different. So Micah and I are on different sides of the spectrum. I am I am rabid about making my schedule light, like, and the staff schedule light. That's just the way that I operate best and the way that our culture fits here. And so you, you probably heard, um, I don't know what the illustration actually went towards, but it's at some point, the little illustration had where you put the rocks in first and then you put in the sand and then you put in the water and all of it fit within that sort of kind of jar. I don't remember what it was teaching, but that's how my schedule is. And so I've got these large rocks, sermon prep time. Um, I run every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have staff meetings the first and the third Mondays. And so all of those are in place. And then there is a considerable amount of time. I, you know, we were kind of making fun of my spreadsheet a minute ago. I've got a, my calendar all spreadsheet out here. Everything in dark gray is um, is free time. It's not actually scheduled. It's not disciplined in from week to week. And so... Those are the times where a member might stop by and they'll say, hey, can I meet with you? And I can say, yeah, Tuesday between 3 and 4, I've got a block there. That one's not taken yet. Go ahead and we'll schedule that. So that's kind of the way that I operate my schedule. I'm also very dogmatic about 4.30. Myself, the staff, we're done. Stop it for the day because there's always more to do. Um, and that, that's kind of how we operate our schedule. What about y'all's church schedules? Is there a different philo- – you talked a little bit about that 18 months out, Sam. Is there a philosophy to your church, your church schedule, either of you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, so our philosophy, and it, we're not hard and fast mm-hmm. to it, but our philosophy is built completely around church rhythms. So we're all about Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night. The vast majority of things that we do is built within that Sunday morning, Wednesday night rhythm. Mm-hmm. So when somebody comes to staff meeting and they say, hey, Tuesday, the immediate response is, why mm-hmm. you know it's not that we don't do it but we we are completely built around rhythms which means fewer events more programs mm. so we are definitely a more of a program driven church um because it's what creates rhythms in people's mm. lives uh, you know i want people when they when they go to bed on saturday night thinking oh it's sunday morning i go to church mm. Or Wednesday morning when they get up, I want them thinking, oh, it's Wednesday. I go to church on Wednesday nights. And that's not for the purpose of legalism. I, you know, I certainly don't want to be a legalist about it because, you know, some people can't come on Wednesdays. Some people can't come on Sundays. Mm-hmm. 
um, it's more of just, you know, it's like you just said, you work out on what? Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday Friday. Friday. And you, you do that, quote unquote, religiously. Legalistically. Right? I mean, that's your, yeah, that's your schedule. Jesus loves me because so I it, do it that way. I'm sure he does. <laughs> um, so when it comes to the church stuff, yeah, we have a rhythm. We build as much as we can into those rhythms. Um, so that's our, you ask what's our philosophy of scheduling? Uh, Sunday, Wednesday rhythm. Less events, more Man, I've never heard it put that way, but that's fascinating. Less events, more programming. In fact, a lot of people shy away from saying the second part of that. We want to be programmatic. But oh, I love it's a great thing. I, it's, it's a discipline. Yeah. If we have a good program, people should want to be there. And so we, we're an established church. We have established rhythms. Mm-hmm. Ours just happens to be Sunday, Wednesday. Let's use those rhythms for discipleship because that's what the program yeah. does. Now, we're not... We have changed programs. We're not locked into any one program. Mm. We use what works, but we will program those hours, those time slots for the for the benefit of discipleship. So, yeah, I mean, I I actually I I know programming gets a bad knock, but you know what? I I don't think it should. If you've built a rhythm into the church, um, if it's a good program, you're going to make disciples, and it's a good way I to wanna, do it. Mike, I want to ask those who say they don't like a program-driven church whether they have worship every every Sunday or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you like know programs. what I mean? Yeah. Of course, they like programs. They just pick and choose the programs they like. I mean, I, I you know, yeah. anyway. But that's a whole other issue. You've been listening to EST, a conversation about the established church with our hosts, Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We'll be back shortly after a brief message from our sponsors. Hey, this is Josh. I wanted to take a few moments just to talk to you about one of our EST sponsors, Trained Up. As a pastor, you know that you need to train your volunteers. You also know that that is one of the hardest things possible to do trying to get their schedules in order, trying to get everybody to show up, planning and organizing the whole thing can take a lot of your pastoring time away from you. With this resource, Trained Up has not only cut the amount of training meetings in half, it's also significantly increased participation by up to 40%. And that's a win for everybody. Not to mention that Trained Up already has courses built in with just about every ministry area you can think of. So even if you don't know what to cover, they've got you covered. And now for a limited time only, Trained Up is offering a 50% discount on their multi-ministry package for two years. Go to trainedup.org to get started today. Thank you to our sponsors who help further the mission of EST. If you'd like to partner with us and have us spotlight your ministry, go to estchurch.com for more information. Now, let's get back to the show. Micah, both of you guys said something about rhythms. Explain that idea. What is the rhythms of a church? Well, that sounds so new age. Yeah, I mean, rhythms for me has to do a lot with how I program my own personal time. Like, I don't think, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before, I don't think in in terms of work-life balance. I think in terms of rhythms. And so I recognize there are times when I'm going to have to work more and I'm going to have less time off. But then that means that when I have less work that I'm going to take advantage of that time and I'm going to spend some downtime. Here's what I do. I try and chart attendance and giving patterns. Um, I've been at our church for just, you know, for about 14 months. And so I've got attendance down. I'm still working on some of the giving pattern stuff, but I can generally go back about seven years. And I, I, I not only chart it um, numerically, but I chart it uh, visually as well so that I can, and I overlap year over year over year for a seven year rolling period. And what I'm trying to do is see when the consistent patterns of growth and, and decline in the life of our church are. 
and then we build our calendar around those events. So major emphases are going to be built around when I go back and look seven years in a row, here's the two-month period where we have our best attendance. All right, this is when we're going to do our major emphasis. You know, things that are, you know, I mean, all teaching is important, but things that are maybe not as key to our purpose or identity, our strategy, those are going to be things that we do during the off times. I'm going to take vacation during those off times. And uh, the rhythm of the church is what's going to help dictate how I determine when I'm going to take vacation. But we, you know, I would say we're a little bit different. Our church is big enough that um, I don't calendar plan or even have a lot of say in a lot of the things our church does. Really, I have oversight over the big things, the big church-wide emphasis. But, I mean, there's something going on at our church seven days a week, almost 365 days a year. I mean, we have... Our building is open, people are in it, and it's being used, I would guess, right around 360 days a year. But I don't know that that means that we're overly programmed, right? I mean, it, it just, it's the reality. There's enough people that come here that we're, there's always somebody doing something. So mm-hmm. I, I think we're probably similar to Sam in that we don't do a ton of major events, but we do, do, we do have a lot of programming, a lot of programming. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't think that's bad. And we have a particularly a large amount of programming, but we also have more people to compensate for that programming. And so I'm not involved in a lot of that programming, even though I'm senior mm-hmm. pastor, if that makes sense. And I think that has to scale depending on the growth chart, you know, the growth progress of your church and what mm-hmm. sort of where your church is at. Your personal investment in the calendaring, the scheduling, and your personal time invested in a lot of those events. I mean, it's yeah. not the same for you, Sam, right, as it was... That first church that you went to, what was there, four or six people there that voted for you, that very first church? Six. Oh, co- six. six. Sorry. Six. Come I on. I want to give four. you the give six, me man. But I mean, your, your investment in every event now at West Bradenton is not the same thing as it was when there were six people in the church. Oh, no, absolutely not. And I would say our church is used 360 days out yeah. of the year. I mean, we're right there with you. You may have a larger scale than us, but in terms of the building being open, mm-hmm. yeah. But when I'm talking rhythms, I'm talking patterns. Right. Now, you know, there's a women's Bible study on Monday nights, and the last thing I'm going to do is tell them that they can't meet because that's on a Monday night. Come that on, would just be Sam. silly. Do it, right. Sam. <laughs> Damn it. No, we're, we're, we're the little bad date. Yeah, we're the little suicide. bad demon sitting yeah. on his shoulder. <laughs> he doesn't have a good demon. <laughs> no good angel. I have, I have peeked in yes. there before, and they all turned and looked at me like, What are you what doing are you here? Get out. And I just said, <laughs> I just said Hey guys, you know, we'll that's see right. you just later. wanted to say hi. <laughs> I just wanted to say hi. Uh, no, I mean you're always going to have. I mean, if you've got a busy church, and I mean busy in a good way, like people are actually doing the work of making disciples, you know, you're going to have stuff happening on your campus. Mm-hmm. You're going to have groups meeting off your campus. I know of a men's group that just gets together at you know a coffee shop on Friday mornings. That's just what they do. When I'm talking rhythm, rhythms and patterns, what I'm talking about is you as staff, as pastors whatever leadership team you have in place, um, setting the church calendar, emphasizing certain things. I mean, we're, we're not really promoting, so to speak, the, the offshoots of all these Bible studies. They just happen mm-hmm. organically. Praise God, they happen. But that's not really, quote-unquote, a program of the church. We're just opening up our building because a group of people want to meet mm-hmm. there. Um, but when I'm talking rhythms, I'm talking patterns that you are asking the whole church to do, not just one segment over here or this one group over here 
Um, so, yeah, you want to think patterns in terms of the entirety of the church. And the more you build patterns, the better. I mean, schools do this, right? Schools mm-hmm. do this. They, you have to you have to take your kids to school at mm-hmm. a certain time. Otherwise, they are tardy. And all of those children are on exactly the same schedule. Spring break happens the same time for everyone at one school, right? That's right. Why can't the church do the same right. thing? You have these patterns. You have these rhythms. This is what you're asking everyone to do. Um, it, 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 that happens all over our nation. Right, and I think it's a good way to look a through A multitude it. of organizations. And, and I think churches could, could learn from that. Patterns and rhythms yeah, are good. There's a good way to think about that because you bring up the schools. Until I was lead pastor, all of the churches that I was a part of operated on a f- sort of a quarter schedule. And so you have three-month quarters, and things kind of shifted at those three months. That was the pattern. It was just a quarterly thing. So you have your quarterly business meeting. You have your whatever. Um, when I started lead pastoring or, or being in control of things, we shifted to threes. Um, I don't even know how what the word is instead of quarter, but we shifted to threes. And so we here have a spring, a summer, and a winter. That is that is the way that we think of things in four-month patterns because primarily that's the way that the school system works and it worked more naturally not just our church's patterns but it worked more naturally into the culture of our communities because we're large suburbs and everybody out here has kids in schools that's just the way things work so our summer unlike before at other churches was three months it's four months here and it goes may through august you know so that helps us we only have church conference which is the equivalent of our business meeting um, we have that three times a year on purpose because that helps us build that way we do new members that way we do a lot of things that way because that's the rhythm of our church and our community and so it's encouraging to a lot of people to kind of think through what's the rhythm of your community what's the way that people naturally when do they start going on vacations etc it's not that hard to figure out they make those decisions for reasons and a lot of times it's school or you know, if you if you work in a, if you're in an area where there's an industry that kind of lets out in one area and, and not the others, so you're talking about week to week patterns, and we're talking about here like yearly patterns. What are some other things that these rhythms affect? So, for instance, Mikey, you said that you take your vacation when the when the pattern reduces or when it's a little lighter. Do you? I've heard of other pastors who kind of ban vacations of all staff when it picks up is that the way y'all operate or have you heard that before yeah we i've heard that before um so far i haven't done that um i i we do try and we do try and manage vacations so that we have you know a fair a significant number of staff here at all times and in the higher traffic times we have more staff rather than less but we haven't banned staff from taking a vacation at any specific time mm. that I can remember at this point. We're about to institute the whole, like, you may not take off Easter or the week before. You may not take off Christmas vacation or Christmas service or the week before. That's our kind of, we have three blackouts, church-wide events, Easter the week before, Christmas the week before. Is that a, is that a problem? Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Christmas, uh, Christmas, I can see that one. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah. For sure. And we've what we've tried to do is we try and juggle Christmas where, you know, we have certain staff members get it off this year, certain ones get it mm-hmm. off the next year. Not everybody gets it off the same year. The last church I was at, everybody got Christmas off every other year. 
mm -hmm. and we would swap who got out which year, and you know, so we've managed it that way. But how, so this brings up it's, a good thing. How do y'all manage this? How do you share this across the whole? So we have six, seven staff, um, various, um, and I'm sure Sam, you have more than that. Micah has like 62 um, full-time interns. So how do y'all manage your calendar <laughs> um, with all of this? How, what programs do you use? Because there's a lot of people like, just asking that. Like personal, like personal calendar? Maybe so. Or church? Well, both is what I'm curious about. Well, so we, we subscribe to Google calendars. Mm -hmm. And we use that across the board for all staff, all church stuff. So uh, if you've used Google calendars, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but you subscribe to a particular calendar. Mm -hmm. So we have our what is called our master calendar for the Ooh. church, which is all events, just any event, it, it, whether it's a church event or an outside group is using our building. We, we, we have a master calendar for all of that. In the master calendar, you can actually attach documents. So if someone filled out a facility request form and they have a certain room set up, you can attach that form to a particular hmm. event. Um, and and it's find, we find that very helpful when we have an, a big event and we do a recap of that event. We have recap reports. We attach them to those events so that we can go back and fall fest. You know, how did that go the last three years? Well, you can type in fall fest in the Google calendar. It pops up and all of a sudden there's three or four years worth of recap reports all right oh, that's there. That's cool. Um, so we use Google calendars, and then we have a separate calendar that is in Google that is vacation only. So you can overlay calendars on top of each other, and you can click a button, and you'll see all things together. Or click a button and only see one filter. So it kind of works in filters. You can then apply your own personal calendar to that, so my own personal calendar in addition to the church calendar. Uh, my wife has her own calendar. We've got a school calendar that we use at home. Um, I subscribe to the Tampa Bay Rays calendar so um, I can see when their games are. Uh, so the way Google calendars works is you're con you have all these filters and you can see everything at once or you can click on and off certain filters and only see certain things. Find it, find it to be very helpful. So staff people, we whether or not they all do it, I don't know, but all staff at our church should have their own personal calendars that we can make sure that we see everything. Mm -hmm. We don't need to see doctor's appointments, but you know, all church right. stuff. Michael, what do you guys um, use? So that's how that's how we organize it all. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we all use Google calendars as well. We use Google for all of our services, you know, for email, and uh, we use it for our hard drives. I don't use a physical hard drive. I only use Google hard drive. Um, but, and, and, you know, my assistant has access to my calendar, my wife has access to my calendar, and I have my calendar but, but I don't see anyone else's calendar. And frankly, I don't see and I never have seen the church's calendar. <laughs> I mean, I just don't, I don't ever pay attention to it or look at it. If I have something that I'm, that's coming up or if I'm trying to determine an event, I'll ask my assistant to take a look at the calendar. She'll tell me if it's free or if there's anything else there. Um, I don't ever see anybody else on the staff's calendars. I, there's no way I could, I mean, our, our staff is a little bit bigger, and so I can't I can't see all of those mm -hmm. calendars. You know, we have to do a little bit of just saying this is what we're doing and when we're doing it. We expect everybody to be available, and and uh, right. there's there's rarely a time when every staff member is available for for an event. I mean, it's it's a really rare thing, but we want to make sure that the majority of staff are there. And so, I mean, we're a little bit more relaxed on seeing and accessing all the calendars. Um, we kind of filter it down through supervisors. So we have five 
what we call pastoral lead team members, and each of us leads a different portion of the staff, and we meet weekly. So we don't ever have an all we don't ever have staff meeting where the whole staff gets together to determine anything. We do, mm-hmm. we do a once a month all staff meeting where the whole staff gathers together mostly for me to share information with them and I share calendaring events for the month with them in that meeting. Our staff meeting happens every Tuesday morning with the five members of our pastoral lead team. We determine calendaring events and each of those five members of the lead team are responsible to make sure to communicate that and communicate expectations with all of the staff that work underneath them. So ours is a little bit different, I guess. Uh, Sam's it's really structured, and I like it. I just don't know that we could physically do that at Brainerd. Ours is a little bit yeah, we, in between. What's that, Sam? I was going to say, we have we have 12 mm-hmm. staff. So we're still at a size to where that's manageable. Uh, our next phase, obviously, would be to have more 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 gatekeepers, less yeah. access. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, personally, I don't look at other people's right. calendars. I just look at the mm-hmm. church calendar. So, Micah, i got to ask you, how do you prevent conflicting events or programs like you know how do you prevent the worship ministry from trying to do something a big event at the same time the children's our office manager manages the church calendar and so every event goes through her before it can get on the church calendar and she's the one who helps juggle all of those responsibilities and uh so if there happens to be a conflict she's the one who says hey there's a conflict and and if we have to determine between events, that's done at a lead team level in our weekly lead team meeting. Hmm. Okay. We, I, I like how you're not the. Yeah, bad. no, I'm not. I'm not the I one who to, does it. I got to figure out a way to do that. I don't have anything to do with calendaring whatsoever, and nobody wants me to have anything to do with calendaring because it would not be yeah. done well if I was the guy. And maybe that's <laughs> my problem. Maybe I just need to just let like let the calendar go and just well, I mean, and then, then I can just I can be I can be free that's bird. That's what you should you know, do, man. Be out there floating around doing whatever. Give it to, you, give it to an assistant or an administrator or something like that. We uh, we actually, you know, we have um, the twice a year calendaring retreat, stay treat. We just go somewhere locally. We all kind of plan. Now we're a much smaller staff than you guys, and that's where I instill principles. But I'm not necessarily saying whether or not we can do that event. My my main objective is to make sure that we're not doing too much. To ask whether or not the event is actually facilitating our mission. So do we need to do that thing? And if it's not, then we all kind of agree. Let's cut that thing. The other thing that I'm real big on is not over, um, not overlapping uh, publicity. So if there's a big women's event coming up, then I don't want a children's event to happen, of course not the same day, but I don't want it to happen the week before. Because if we're trying to push one event, we're pushing too much if we have more than one. Now we're ultra simple with the mindset of events and all that kind of stuff so we really keep things down and when i say there's church-wide events there's two church-wide events a year that's what the staff are required to go to everything else if there's a youth event we require no other staff to be at that other than youth workers and youth staff and then if they want one of us to be there they're just they just like for us to help or something like that then then we'll go do that but we're ultra ultra that way so i don't really and and as far as the google calendar and stuff we have a program called alexio that manages everything church-wide and so it the facilities and all the events and that's the way that nothing conflicts and then i can subscribe to that in my google calendar my personal calendar so i'm subscribed to my calendar um the church's calendar the staff ptos i know that i can turn that on just to kind of see and the only reason i have that is if i'm looking for somebody i'm like 
hey, where's so-and-so? I can just look and say, oh, they're off today. And then um, family and the Cowboys and the Longhorns, like, you know, you've got the Rays. But I've got those, and I can turn those on and off um, when I need to. But Google's a huge, huge advantage, I think. So, okay, the software program that mm-hmm. you use for, for scheduling. What, what just for our listeners, what, what's the name again and how do you spell Elexio, that? E-L-E-X-I-O. And, um, and it's, it's, it's compatible with Google yeah. Calendar? It's you a just, church management can, software. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a church man. It's, it's all of that wrapped in. So that handles our online giving and registrations and website, everything that you need at a church. It's like ACS that. or something else of that sort. Or Shelby. Or something. Shelby, yeah. Yeah. Fellowship one, and and they're not even a sponsor, and here we are. Yeah, they're pretty. We good. We just mentioned they're, they're a whole bunch of them on one them. drop. <laughs> <laughs> so if Google wants to sponsor, yes, we'd be glad <laughs> to talk. A real good deal. All right, well, that's all we have, all the time we have for today's show. Make sure that you are kind of connecting with us on Twitter, etc. As you'll hear the person at the end of the uh, show uh, let you know. But we're thankful, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is provided by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The mission at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. The school is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and offers more than 40 different degree programs ranging from Associate of Divinity to Doctor of Philosophy. With more than 3,400 students enrolled, Southeastern trains future and current ministry leaders to lead effectively, study the word diligently, and preach the gospel unashamedly. Learn more about Southeastern by visiting www.sebts.edu. And come check out our campus to see how you can join the Southeastern family and learn how to go to reach your community, your nation, and your world. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there.